Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Well, blessings, everyone. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me on the Word Podcast. Uh, We are in the midst of examining what I consider to be one of the most uh, profound portions of Scripture, particularly for our day and time and the days that are yet to come. We're examining what is called a Jesus's Olivet Discourse. And as I said so many times before, this is just simply Jesus on the Mount of Olives asking, uh, answering some questions that his disciples had asked. They'd ask him, when will these things occur and what will be the sign of your coming again and of the end of the age? And so Jesus had mentioned about how the temple was going to be brought down and torn apart stone by stone. Apparently, he'd been talking about some other things, too. And then in Matthew 24 and 25, it's all basically red letters. And he's answering those questions. And we see uh, uh, parallel passages also in Mark and in Luke. So I want to go to Matthew chapter 24 right now and go back and look at a portion of the Scripture that, we've, that we talked about before. Because I, I think it's really important to review and review because there's so much misunderstanding about what the Lord said. There's so much misunderstanding about what the Word says, particularly in relationship to His return, to His coming again. And uh, people get quite defensive about their positions and what they believe and all this kind of stuff. And it really isn't anything to uh, uh, separate fellowship over, I don't believe. But I do think that we should know the truth because if we don't know the truth, we're not going to be prepared. I'll, I'll give you uh, just a bottom line example of this. Out of my background, most people believe in what's referred to as a pre-tribulation rapture of the church. And that means that the church will be raptured out before the tribulation, the great tribulation, whatever that is. And that's never quite defined uh, by a lot of those that believe this. They'll quote Revelation 3.10 where it says that we've been promised to be spared the wrath of God. But here's what the problem is. The wrath of God and the great tribulation are not the same thing. Okay, I mentioned that at the end of our last time together. They are not the same. The wrath of God is the day of the Lord and is God's wrath being poured out upon unbelieving mankind. The great tribulation is the wrath of Satan being poured out upon Israel and the Jewish people and the true church. So that's a tremendous distinction right there. Okay, a huge distinction. But in debating these things, a lot of times people say, well, I just believe it's going to be like that. And I've told several folks, I said, I understand. I totally understand. Just get in the Word and just read. And and don't take my word at it. Okay, please don't do that. Just read and examine it and study it. If I am wrong, okay, if I'm incorrect in my interpretation, then hallelujah, we'll be out of here, (laughs) right? We'll be gone before some really difficult times come. But if what I see the Word to say is correct, then the body of Christ is not going to be prepared in the way that it needs to be prepared. And Jesus actually shows us that in the passage I want us to read today. So let's look at Matthew 24, 15. It says this, Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation, which was spoken of through Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place. So this abomination of desolation is something standing in the holy place. It's actually the man of lawlessness. It's the Antichrist. And we saw and uh, read the passage in Daniel 9 to which Jesus is referring to. Here's verse 16. When you see this, 
then those who are in Judea must flee to the mountains. And he's speaking about those who are believers and those who are Jewish people. Now, a lot of times, particularly out of a pre-tribulation background, people will say, well, Jesus is speaking to his disciples here in Matthew 24, 25. They're Jewish. And so this is only for the Jewish people. Well, in Matthew 28, he's speaking to his disciples and he tells them to go you therefore into all the world. Is that only for Jewish people too? Is that only for Jewish believers? You, you can't be that, uh, that slack in interpretation. Jesus is telling, let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Then verse 17, whoever is on the housetop must not go down to get the things that are in his house. Whoever's in the field must not turn back to get his cloak. That shows us how dangerous this situation is. That shows us how quickly it's going to turn. And from other portions of Scripture, we know that the man of lawlessness is going to walk in to where they're offering sacrifice. He's going to stop that sacrifice. We saw that in Daniel 9. He's going to declare himself to be God. And that's going to happen in Jerusalem. And when that occurs, Jesus is saying this, don't even stop off when you're running off the rooftop to grab anything. Head to the mountains. Verse 19 says this, but woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing babes in those days. But pray that your flight will not be in winter or on a Sabbath, for then there will be a great tribulation. Why those two caveats right there? Well, because of the travel limitations of, uh, uh, of Judaism, okay? And also because of just how hard it is to travel when you're expecting a child, right? But he says this, then there will be a great tribulation. Jesus is the one who coined the phrase, such as has not occurred since the beginning of the world until now, nor ever will. And we talked about that in the last episode. Then when you think of the horrible things that have happened worldwide, particularly against the Jewish people, particularly against believers, when you think of those things, this will be even worse. It's going to be worse than anything that's happened before or worse than anything that happens afterwards. And that's sort of a, a subtle hint to me that this is a tribulation by Satan against Israel and the church because that which God does in his wrath and all the stuff you see uh, in Revelation is uh, bad. So it's not even comparison. Then verse 22, the last verse we saw last time, unless those days had been cut short, no life would have been saved. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be cut short. And so what Jesus is telling us right here is that this great tribulation is going to last some period of time. Now, you'll hear all sorts of phrases. You'll hear people say, well, the last seven years is the great tribulation. That's not true. That last seven-year period is actually referred to as the 70th week of Daniel, and that's based upon what we read last time in chapter 9. But the great tribulation does take place within that seven-year time period, and it lasts for a particular length of time, but it's actually going to be cut short for the elect, okay? It will be cut short, and the reason is, but for the sake of the elect, those days will be cut short. I'm going to show you why the next three verses, and we'll be done. Then, if anyone says to you, behold, here is the Christ, or there he is, do not believe him. Remember the first thing that Jesus said at the beginning of chapter 24 in answering the questions? He said, see to it that no one deceives you. He's building upon that in, in uh, this particular situation. Verse 24, for false Christ and false prophets will arise and will show great signs and wonders so as to mislead, 
if possible, even the elect. He said these false Christs, these false prophets are going to arise, and they're going to be doing such amazing signs, such amazing wonders, that people will be misled, and that, he says, so as to mislead, if possible, even the elect. The great thing is, it's not possible for the elect to be misled. But what he's saying is it is going to be so convinced because it will be true signs. It will be true wonders, but it will be at the hand of the evil one. And he says these days are going to get so intense and so intense and so intense that he's going to cut the days short. What cuts the days short? The rapture of the church. The church is raptured on a particular day. We'll get into details later on about the timing and all that. The church is raptured on a particular day. The day that the church is raptured is literally, well, I'll put it this way. The rapture of the church precipitates the day of the Lord. The rapture of the church begins the day of the Lord. The Lord takes his people out, and then he starts pouring forth the day of the Lord, his wrath. One last verse, verse 25, Jesus says this, Behold, I have told you in advance. That right there is serious, folks. <clears throat> that is profound because Jesus is saying this. Hey, behold, listen to this. I have told you this in advance. People say again, well, that's just for them for just that time. Well, guess what? They're not alive now. This stuff hasn't occurred in their lifetime. So what's the point of telling them in advance if the word was only for them? The word was for them and the word is for us and will be for those who are alive at this point in time. I tell you what, the Lord has told us a lot of truth about his coming. Go back and start reading Matthew 24 again. Give heed to what he says, and I think you're going to be amazed. Again, I'm Dale. I'll see you again next time. Goodbye.